Garage Guys NASCAR podcast is brought to you by Hooters. That's right. Hooters is for race day. Hooters is for garage guys. We all know this. And right now, if you download the Hooters app or go to order.hooters.com and use promo code garage guys, you're going to save $10 on any $30 or more to go order. That offer is valid at participating locations for delivery and carry out orders $30 or more. And use promo code garage guys while dining in just by telling your Hooters waitress about promo code garage guys to save you $10 on any $40 plus dine in order valid at HOA locations for food, non-alcoholic beverages and merchandise. Enjoy your Hooters and enjoy the garage guys NASCAR podcast. Welcome back to the garage guys NASCAR podcast. We're here to talk all about the ally 400 Ross Chastain getting his first NASCAR cup series win of the 2023 season. NBC killing the game already in only one race. So much to unpack. And of course, we got to dive into the most, possibly the most anticipated race of the year. Definitely the, the most questionable race of the year, the Chicago Street Course. So we're going to talk about some of the odds, some of the early lines that are out right now and available for you to hammer the shit out of. But before we do that, of course, we have to talk about Nashville and our own Dale Tanhart, who is here on the uh, the show with me as always, was in Nashville this weekend. Dale, how was the vibe in Nash Vegas? Yeah, it was a good time. It it was hot as balls, but you know that's it's end of June in the South. That's what it's going to be. Uh, I, I went to the truck race, had a great time. Truck night in America. Didn't go to Xfinity because it was 120 degrees and didn't go to Cup because I was worried about what we went through last year. You remember we were sitting there in the fucking torrential downpour, like oh couldn't God. even get out of the media center because it was pouring so bad. The generator yeah. was breaking on the RV. Lights it flickering. Yeah. It's a rough spot. But I think, um, you know, the, I was worried about a potential lightning delay because it forecast was like wide open on like a 40% chance of rain, like all night and storms. And you really don't want to get stuck out there 40 minutes out of Nashville until two in the morning. So I, uh, but it was a, one of my friend's birthdays and a couple of his friend's birthdays. So they had like a big joint birthday party. There's no other sports on except NASCAR. So, uh, he had like 50 people at his house for like a big dinner and, and I got to introduce NASCAR to some, some other people, some people that had, that, didn't know anything about it. Uh, and that's a big uh, synopsis of Nashville, man. Like there's a lot of people in that area that really don't know anything about NASCAR. And it's fun being there trying to introduce the sport to more people and explain things to people. Like if I'm watching it at a bar, which like the Xfinity race, we were bar hopping. I was watching it. People walk up and they see what I'm wearing. And they see the races on and opens up a conversation and potentially sparks an interest. Right. So, um, that was like my duty this weekend, other than Truck Night in America. But it was a good weekend. I, and I, I go ahead, or I want to go ahead and just say thanks to all the Barstool guys. I met a lot of, lot of, uh, lot of the personalities that I've, you know, consumed their content over the years, like Roan and uh, Stephen Che and uh, Megan making money, Tommy Smokes. A lot of really cool people. I, I I was very very impressed with how nice everybody was, and and large and spider of course for being very 
just very generous and uh appreciate the hospitality they had a, a really really fun weekend with the opening of that bar uh the nashville barstool places was popping so had a great time with them and and uh overall the weekend was a, it was a solid a solid success and it was great for nascar too if you saw the stands on sunday Oh, yeah. I mean, just watching from uh, the playback stream, which, by the way, shout out to everybody that, that came to playback.tv slash garage guys. We, uh, we did a T-shirt giveaway. Uh, Kurt Hart Jr. won the shirt. He's in Chicago, actually. So I'm bringing the shirt to Chicago. Going to find a way to meet up with Kurt Hart in uh, his, his hometown of, of Ch- Chicago and uh give him that but yeah the playback's been growing and just watching the broadcast man they were doing a lot of shots kind of showing the stand so it did look packed out as all get out and it's awesome to see the sellouts and just to kind of talk a little bit about what you were you know giving in i was a big i guess uh representative of the leading you know the the horses to water uh you gotta you gotta put nascar in everyone's brain every, every opportunity that you have and that we see that kind of a situation in like cities like austin as well right like we we noticed like there was a lot of f1 people out in austin we we were you know we were like a religion basically we were just trying to convert them like mormons knocking at the door but with nascar and nascar shirts on instead of white button downs so you know that's what we do and uh and, and we're here to spread the word so I love to hear that. I did love seeing the Barstool bar. The fact that Barstool has bars now is uh, is pretty incredible, and it gives it gives life. And it's a obviously it's another source of revenue, but it really does give life, and it gives those creators a hub when they're in these different cities. So seeing all the photos and everything, um, uh, I know you said you got to meet Ron. Ron's like with Barstool. He's one of those guys that like I immediately was just like I fuck with that dude. Tommy Smoke seems like a, a, a goofy son of a bitch, and I would definitely like to uh, to get to to see him. And that's the beauty of it, right? With dude, with- he's actually just a he's actually just a chill guy. Like, really? yeah, I had a good a good I conversation with him. Look, well, look, he gets the Kyle Bush comparison, right? Like, that's fair. Um, looks kind of like a younger Kyle Bush, but I mean, we were talking, and we were. I mean, I literally was just talking to him about like our favorite rappers, right? He he's also my age. I didn't know. He's I'm 27, he's 27. So um Who's his favorite rapper? He was cool. I think he said Drake, you know. I think he said Drake was like his his number one guy, which I get because like if you're my age, Drake was popping at every single high school party, like in his prime, heading into your freshman and sophomore year of college. So like yeah I get that my number one's Wayne but Drake is in the conversation so um so I yeah yeah no I was like you know, I, I was happy with his choice there but no Tommy Tommy was cool Tommy was yeah. cool I've seen some of his content that he does I just love seeing that that that's growing that whole aspect and everything with Spider and Large like you said just can't say enough good things about those two fellas hope that we get to hang out a little bit in uh, in Chicago. Hey, and I got one story. I had, like, we talk off air, obviously, before we record. That's I what I've been waiting this. on. I've been waiting for story. I need these. I need this is my favorite story by far. So, um, a couple of my, and one of my guys that got in um, to the VIP area with us, like, has done some video content for me. His name's Kevin. You've met him. Um, he's helped me film some stuff at a few racetracks over the past year. And uh, he's a huge Barstool guy, right? Like, kind of like Tony has really absorbed the stool content 
for at least a decade, right? Like, and this guy, Kevin, actually introduced me to Barstool around a decade ago, and then that's when I also became a big fan. Not, not as much of a fan as him, because he's a big podcast guy and listens to Pardon My Take all the time. He was listening to KFC uh, way back when, and he loves these guys. I mean, has has really followed them for a long time. So. I introduced him to a lot of the guys or whatever. And then uh, he hadn't met Spider yet. And this was late in the night, right? Like I was, we were all pretty drunk at this point. So I walk up to Spider and say, Hey, I want you to meet my guy, Kevin. Like he's big fan of yours. Like comes to the track. He's done, he's done some video content with me. And he's like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, Hey, hold on a second. And I literally just thought of this like last second. I was like, Spider. Um, but can you like pretend like you're kicking him out just to see like what his reaction is going to be? And, uh, and the, the way it worked out, like Kevin, they like ran out of wristbands, like the VIP wristband is what you're supposed to have, but he didn't have one because they, they just ran out. Um, but I had put his name like to get on the list or whatever. And the spider didn't even say anything. He just like walks over to him. I'm like behind spider and spider looks at him and Kevin is standing there and he like smiles. He's like, Hey man, like, and he's getting ready to stick his hand out to like shake his hand and spider like grabs that hand and looks at like, where's where the wristband is supposed to be. And he looks at it and he looks up at, he looks up at Kevin. He's like, you got to go, dude, you got to get out of here. Like you're not supposed to be here. And he's just telling him like, you got to get, you know, kicking him out basically. And, and, and Kevin's just got this face, like his soul has left his body <laughs> and he's like expecting to meet spider who I, I talked about. I was like such a nice guy. And, and spiders looking at him like, dude, you gotta get the fuck out of here. And Kevin's just sitting there like, dude, he's like, dude, I'm sorry. And Kevin's like a, he's like six, one, like bigger guy. And he's like, dude, like, I'm sorry. And I'm behind spider. And immediately I think I'm wanting to laugh my ass off. And I'm, I kept it together though. I was, I'm behind spider. Cause I knew Kevin was going to look at me and uh, he looks at me and I'm like, dude, Kevin, I'm sorry, man. I fucked up. Like you gotta go. And uh, Spider, like, escorts him over to the security guard. And it's like, he, like, took it further than I thought he would. Holy he looks at the security guard. And he's like, hey, you got to get this guy out of here. Right? Like, and I'm sitting there like, oh, fuck. Wait, did Spider think I was, like, being serious? Like, he took it so far that I thought Spider was not joking. And Kevin was, like, totally in belief. Like, yeah, I got to go. But then he like, he looked at the guard and was like, hey, get, get this guy a wristband. Just get him a wristband or whatever. Wow. And um, I wish I could have been there. Yeah, I'm sorry. And Ke- you're fine. It was so loud that I couldn't hear Spider saying that. And I'm like sitting there like, oh my God, like don't actually kick him out. Like I was just kidding. And uh, he knew it the whole time. He just was asking the guard for a wristband. When I thought he was sitting there saying, get this guy out of this bar, like kick him out. And Kevin's sitting there so confused and upset or whatever. And then I was like, hey, dude, we're just kidding. We're just fucking with you. And he literally like put his hand over his over his heart was like dude y'all fucking got me and it was if you obviously none of nobody knows kevin that's probably listening to this pod but it was hysterical because he's like such a huge fan and spider and me tricked the shit out of him but spider was like incredible at it i mean like took it next level yeah it was so funny Dude, like, like Spider's got Spider's got that confidence in him. I'm just imagining like this guy, Kevin. I don't even know if I've met Kevin. You have, you have. have? He's what? been at the track a couple times when you've been there. Is he at Atlanta? Yes, that's the first time you met him. So I know Kevin. So I have Kevin's visual. Like, I could just see him kind of being in one of those like, like wet eyes and open mouth look. 
like whenever he was told. Like he just laid <laughs> it just, out. Huh? <laughs> like, you know, like that. That would have been incredible. It I was great. Taking it, I would have probably been a really bad influence though, because like if if Spider was really trashed, I would have probably like given him like a handful of quarters and like be like make him go outside and throw these these quarters at him and tell him to go get a hot dog. And I didn't know if like I didn't know if he would actually do it. Like I, I feel like he would be like I don't know, you know, like. Spider's but he literally he didn't say anything. He just walked. He just like beeline straight to kevin and 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 did it got it did, did you even tell him who kevin was did yeah he- yeah i i point yeah i pointed at him i pointed out he, he imagine but- if you didn't and he just oh, went to him and he knew like dude i'd have to question his fucking his, his if he was human at that yeah point. i appreciate spider for doing that. that was really funny and we all we all appreciate it i'm definitely excited to uh to get to link up with them there's a lot of characters that are going to be showing up in chicago this weekend and i mean look we're definitely going to talk about this race. We I watched it on playback. Shout out to everybody that came through. If you haven't got to watch a race on playback with us yet, you're really missing out. Won't be there this weekend because Dale and I will be in Chicago. So when we return from, from Chi-Town, uh, Atlanta is still kind of up in the air, I believe. I don't know if we've quite made up our minds yet on what we're doing there, but uh, we'll, we'll figure something out. But Playback has been great, and the race itself, NBC is back. The broadcast was fantastic. They're doing grid walks. You got Dale Jr. and you got Jeff Burton doing grid walks, man. Like, it's just, it's old school. And it, but, like, the production, the yeah. production quality is so good, too, you know. Dude, some of the, some of the graphics that they had on the screen, some of the, the data that they were sharing that was a little bit different, um, you know, and, and maybe it wasn't different at all. Maybe we we're just so used to seeing the one data sheet from Fox for so long that we forgot what multiple forms of data look like during a race. And I love my favorite part of NASCAR on NBC is the split screen aspect. I love the fact that they'll pull up bubble boxes and you'll get multiple views of what's happening on the track. That is to me. Like it, it really does. Like we're, we're in more of an internet world we're in more of a streaming world. And as I have, as I've kind of continued down this journey, I've never been big into like watching streams and stuff. I've definitely grown a lot more comfortable with it, especially hanging out with you. Some of the stuff that you'll do watching some of the gaming streams and things like that. Like that's the aesthetic, like that's what people like now. And so I have found myself enjoying that as well. So the fact that NASCAR on NBC is, does that is, is pretty awesome. And uh, there, there were a couple of moments in the race, though, that were, you know, the race was decently tame, I would say, for the most part. Like, it didn't get too wild. Um, nothing really stupid notable, I would think, other than the fact that Daniel Suarez tried to go congratulate Ross Chastain and Chase Briscoe just hit him. Uh, in the car on accident. That was pretty fucking hilarious. Sums up, kind of sums up what Chase Briscoe has been been man, going through this year, right? Fuck is going on with them, man. Like that's uh, like Kev, like obviously we know Kevin Harvick, Rodney Childers, Rodney talks to God. We know that the other guys, man. I, I just I don't I don't get it. But shout out to Josh Berry. I do want to to say that Josh Berry will be in the four next year. Had some voicemails on the Garage Guys report. Some people not really sure if that was a good move, and I completely disagree. I think it was a great move. Uh, I don't think we should be worrying too much about age here. And I do too. 
I don't think there's really anybody else in the SHR camp or in the Ford camp that that would be really worthy of taking that spot. So we, I, I know it's kind of old news now. I don't want to dive too deep into it. I didn't dive too deep into it on the report, but I did answer those voicemails. Uh, so yeah, if you haven't watched the report, go check that out. Um, well, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what dominoes fall next if we talk silly season, right? Like I thought, you know, Zane Smith, you know, we're in the Ford camp. Like Ford's got to be. Ford's gotten a lot of criticism for losing drivers, right? And like not having a very big fleet, like a very big uh a very big recruitment of youthful up and coming talent. And now it seems like yeah, you get Josh Berry as a fucking slam dunk to replace Kevin Harvick with a crew chief uh that's established and a champion and is going to stay and is going to hang around with Josh. So that is awesome. We don't know what's going to happen with Almirola. Zane Smith is who I've got my eye on out of that Ford camp. And I, I think uh, maybe there's a chance we see Harrison Burton relegated. I think I've said it since day one. He got to the Cup Series way too quick. Maybe Zane Smith goes straight from trucks to the Wood Brothers car. That's always the stepping stone for these guys like Ryan Blaney. Uh, and then, you know, Harrison Burton would be or would have used it as a stepping stone mm-hmm. if he had shown if he if he had shown anything competitive over the first couple of years of his career. But I think he just got up there too quick. And yeah, like you said, I could dive into that. But uh very happy for Josh Berry. Tony Stewart, if you watch that press conference, I was watching it in the car and he summed it up perfectly and was so bluntly phenomenal in describing like I'm not doing a pay to play here. Like I want talent and it doesn't matter that he's 30 years old. Like I'm not trying to sign up some rich kid whose dad's playing, you know, uh, paying to play. So it, it really, really cool deal. And he even said, like, summed up, he kind of got to the series the same way Kevin Harvick did, like off of hard work and being a winner. So I, I think it's a great move. And um, talking about Chase Briscoe, man, like the program, I don't know what's going on. Like they're, they've swapped their crew chiefs. Uh, Ryan Priest has definitely been the second best guy when it comes to maximizing the equipment, right? Like yeah. seems like priest always qualifies around 25th, 23rd and slowly works his way into like a, a borderline top 15 spot. And then Almarola is Almarola. And then chase Briscoe is literally driving a lawnmower. Like this program was Bill bad. The tractor. He's driving. Yeah, exactly. Tractor. He's got a machine. Straight up. And this program was not great of the mile and a half last year, right? But you had they had their moments where Chase Briscoe almost won the Coke 600, found a way to be competitive at Vegas in the fall. Um, and then this year, man, like it's it's gone from bad to worse, particularly with the 14 car. So I hate it because I really like Chase Briscoe. I think he's a wheel man, I think he's super talented, and I don't think this is his fault. I don't know how we can. Anybody could sit here and say this is a Chase Briscoe problem. It's got to be a car six, problem. Is the six-race crew chief suspension still on? Is that still happening? Yeah, So, but his it's for uh, Johnny Klausmeyer, who's not the crew chief anymore. Okay. So he, I think what Bob Pockers said is that he will have some kind of role, but it's, even though he's not the crew chief anymore, he's still suspended until, you know, whatever, four more races. And yeah. then he'll come back and have some kind of role with the program, I think. Um, but they brought up Boswell from Riley Herbst's team. So, you know, and, I'll, you know, we talk about betting. 
I've got over 0.5 wins for Chase Briscoe, one of my lock preseason bets. So I really need them to fucking figure this shit out. Yeah, yeah, you need that bad. I mean, at this point, I just want to ask, like, what what race do you think he could win? Well, the good thing is that the short tracks, we saw it at Martinsville, like with Ryan Priest and Chase Briscoe was competitive there too. Seems like the short tracks, they've they've got something. Like they've got a glimpse of hope. Um, obviously, you know, I thought the Bristol Dirt Race was a great shot. He didn't win that. But you got to look at anything that's not a mile and a half. And, and honestly, the road courses have not been good either uh, for Chase Briscoe. So got to look at Martinsville. He was great at Phoenix. But I mean, last race of the year, you it's probably going to whoever's in the championship for is probably going to win that race. That's how it always happens. So I really don't know. I'm pretty nervous about it. I'm pretty nervous about that bet. But you know, I think there's some other good headlines we can dive I'll- into. You had a couple of these bets in the beginning of the year, and and I, I want to just just reach in. I, I want to just see how things are going. How's the the C Bell? What did what was his one and a half? Yeah, so I got over one and a half wins for C Bell. I got over point five wins for uh, Brad Keselowski. Huh. I've got over point five wins for Chase Briscoe. Uh, so I I, I mean I think Bell is going to get his right. Bell's been consistent enough that I think he can get it done. New I've got Ben coming up. He, he should uh, be fine in New Hamp. Yeah, flat track king, right? So I got Ben Rhodes over 1.5 wins. He's got one of the in the bank. And then I got Joey Logano under three and a half wins, which is the one that everybody disagreed with me on. And I know it's still early, but he's only got one win, and it was at a mini super speedway. And Logano has really not shown the same speed that he had last year at whether it's a mile and a half, like you won at Vegas or Phoenix or some of the short tracks like Richmond, like hasn't been there. So I, I really feel good about my Logano under, but, um, and then I got two futures on bell to win the title at 12 to one. And then I had Briscoe 40 to one to win the title. And now we can get Briscoe at like 200 to one. So that you know, that makes me feel real smart. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, futures, man, I, uh, I think we'll just dive back to Ross. Ross was the guy that the only preseason bet that I took, I grabbed it at 12 to one, which was also the odds I was able to get him at to win at Nashville, which honestly, like it, dude, this was like the most beautiful narrative weekend. I think this was the smoothest narrative weekend in NASCAR that I've had when it comes to like why I bet on him. And I was talking to uh, to one of our buddies, shout out Dalen, um, was discussing some stuff with Dalen about, you know, because a lot more people are coming around to this whole narrative thing. People are starting to really pick up on that word. I think it's real. You know, life's a movie. So it's like, you know, you look at Nashville, you look at Trackhouse, you look at where they're from, what they do. You had an off week. You've had a quiet Ross Chastain. It was the perfect time for him to come in and just – fuck everybody up with some truth and so to see him get the pole was very surprising i didn't you know i don't bet on pole qualifying anymore Uh, i've said what i had to say about it on dale center if you want to hear what i had to say about it go see it um but you know i was when i saw that he got the pole there i I knew in the back of my mind i was like all right well this is going to be a weekend where the pole sitter wins and like his car was just dude he there was a moment where i really thought that true x was going to run and was going to take it 
and which by the way i hope house arrest is going okay for him having to talk to you or ryan much about it but uh yeah how do you well, feel look at now yeah it's weird how this all worked right like i bailed myself out of a terrible day with a not good day basically because i ross was my last bet about an hour before green i needed one more outright because i had some sprinkles on some heavy underdogs like uh brad k and busher and then bubba uh and then bell right i love the christopher bell bet i was looking i tailed you and and rotodoc on that one yeah. and i was looking at the data and i saw what rotodoc saw and uh and the, his yoda was strong it just didn't yeah it just wasn't a, he just didn't have it but I put Ross in and I was telling my friend guy who was trying to get all my bets. I was like, look, you know, looking at all this, I just think Ross has the best car. And I feel, I would feel like a complete idiot if I didn't bet on who I think has the best car in the field. And it was Ross and Truex had the second best car. And I was kind of on that border of picking one of the two. And I backtracked a little bit because I talked about Truex on Monday and on Dale center. And I said, I'm going to wait on the pot or on, betting on him because I'm thinking I could get a better price than five to one, six to one. It never happened. Right. It never happened because he had good speed and practice. He qualified. Well, he still remained as the favorite slash co-favorite. So I didn't pull the trigger on Truex, but I did bet on him in stage two and he gave it away to Denny Hamlin on a restart. And honestly, that is what hurt my day. Uh, Cause my stage bets have been good this year. And then, Finally, you know, I hit the outright with Chastain, and then all my other bets are bad because my stage bets lose because Truex fucking gave it up to Denny Hamlin on that restart. So um, I was pretty pissed about that. We definitely took a step back. Like, the ankle bracelet's been tightened up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where I'll leave it at. You're going to have to cut off blood circulation, dude. He's got to learn. I mean, I mean, it's it's quick, dude. Like, it's- I just let him out. Like, my, my whole episode of Dalesen was themed around – his redemption like me acknowledging like he's he's out of prison here he is congratulations he deserves it and then i bet on him for stage two he's been a stage master and he gave it up on a on a restart to denny with like 30 to go Hmm. yeah i was fucking pissed i mean dude that was kind of like when the president pardons the turkey dude i mean like you you were like the president and martin truex was like the turkey dude so i mean it was like he it was kind of like he spit in your face dude a little bit do you, do you do you feel that way do you yeah do you... yeah definitely okay so I mean, that's what you too much freedom man you get you can't give some of these guys too much freedom yeah well he's he's one on road so we know we know that you know at least like the spirit of cole pern was with him at sonoma i i, I stand firmly by that i really I, only let him out because he won that uh casey colon guy eighty six thousand dollars yeah and then that's that was because that, that's a win for the people that's a big win for the people, like, because that helps everybody when one person wins that kind of money. I was like, you know what? I, this usually is a dictatorship. I will make it a democracy for this because that, you know, I try to be a man of the people mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. Dude, that win made my liking for Eric Amarola go up by like 0.03%, dude. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, I liked him a little bit more because I, I bet on him on, on that Saturday, so that was okay. That was a nice one. Yeah, so, I mean, look, we've got another road course race coming up, Uh, you know, Chicago Street Race. We don't really know what, you know, we're going to see here or feel. So, I mean, maybe maybe this will be a place for Martin to get it done. I feel like it's going to be a big Formula Stock Formula stock car weekend. Whoever gets the pole is probably going to win. 
Um, I'm still going to bet on multiple people though. I just haven't gotten around to really like diving in. So we're going to do that on this show, uh, after we talk about a couple more things. So, um, you know, obviously you went to the truck race. That was cool. Carson Hosevar got a dub. Um, he was also sponsored with the same, uh, the same sponsor as Ross, I believe. So they have some stuff going on there. So good weekend for that company. Yeah. It's worldwide express. Worldwide Express. There, yeah, we know we know one employee from that company, and sh- she is a really cool person. Met her at Talladega. Good people. Yeah, so, no doubt. Cool to see. It, it, look, any any company or organization or brand that wants to spend money on NASCAR, that's my kind of uh, co- company or organization or brand. So love to see that. Xfinity. AJ Allmendinger uh, got a guitar in a wreck fiddled uh, race. There was a lot of carnage and chaos in that one. I didn't get to watch that race. We were uh, we were in the the beach where I couldn't get in the water. It was just teased, sitting on the sand in a chair where I could barely move. Still, um, yeah, the Xfinity race was brutal. It was a good race. It was fun, but oh, I did a whole skit dude. on fucking the report about that out of the Xfinity book. So Daniel Hemrick, um, on him, I bet on him for a top three and a top five. No. Okay, but see, don't say that because he was good the whole day. He was top five most of the day, running up by the top three. And, uh, I mean, it was a good bet because he was fucking 20 to one. And he was 14 to one for a top five. And his, and I also bet on Chandler Smith to win, who was, uh, I think I got it 21 to one. And he led uh, the majority of that race, I think. AJ had an insanely good race car. So, I was cool with him winning because uh, I, I hit a matchup that was C. Smith over Hosevar when Hosevar crashed. And then I had Hemrick up there. Hemrick was second on the last lap at a track that's like impossible to pass. And it, this motherfucker got passed six times. Dang. <laughs> and I lost everything because of that. So yeah, that's why I don't bet on Dan. Like, Dan, Daniel is one of those people. Like, he should be in prison, honestly. Yes. You know, he. He's he's taking the place. He's 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 hopping in the true X cell. That's a worthy person to be in that cell, dude. Like I could get behind life, dude. <laughs> dude, I was for the shit that he's calls me. I've lost so much money with Daniel Hemrick, dude. It is ridiculous. I, that's why yeah, I, 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 I quit betting on Xfinity because of Daniel Hemrick. Yeah, twenty when uh he won the championship mm-hmm. against Austin Cindric. Yeah, yeah, same. No, I. I love our people at Cog, but God damn it, Daniel Hemrick. How do you lose? Oh my God. I maybe I, I'm, you know, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. It was we'll the talk Bailey about Zimmerman effect. It was, he should have had Bailey Zimmerman on his car. Apparently let's talk oh, about something good. Yeah. Let's talk about something good. Uh, shout out to Bailey Curry, friend of the program, yeah. getting a, a great top five run competing for the win. Most of that truck race running top five the whole night. The, uh, those trucks were dialed in, but Bailey Curry, really really showed once again that he can drive so getting a top five and that 41 truck was really cool so he deserves a good shout out i love that you want to hear some other good shout out worthy stuff uh this is breaking news right now uh happening live uh i made a tweet yesterday because i saw that uh country music and uh the next evolution of kid rock the phenomenon hardy was at nashville super speedway hanging out with noah gregson and I did my famous proud tweet and tagged him, and uh, he just dropped a like there. So Hardy knows Garage Guys exists now. 
So say oh, he's a garage he's a garage guys fan now. He liked he liked one tweet from me. He's a fan. Um, so shout out to Hardy for being a great fan supporting garage guys. Proud of him for being at a NASCAR race, and apparently he's a Martin Truex Jr. fan too. So um, would love to hear a conversation between you and him about prison terms. I think that I think that would be fun. Like heart, like imagine. Like we, we have the conversation with Hardy and like Hardy is on the parole board with you as a fan of Martin. Like you'd have to keep him kind of contained. You'd have to keep him on a short leash Dale. You yeah, know? I guess so. That is cool that he interacted though. I it like is, that. dude. I, I love, dude, I'm obsessed with that song that Ricky Stenhouse showed us, that wall to wall. And I still ain't sold out. I listen to that shit all the time. He really is like kind of like the new kid rock in a weird way. It's uh, it's pretty, pretty neat. And um, I cannot confirm, but he probably has done some kind of psychedelic drugs at some point in his life uh, because of a couple of music videos I've seen of his. So good job. Proud of you, Hardy. Um, but yeah, yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of important people out there. Steve Bond there? I don't think so. I feel like I would have seen that already. But Livy, uh, the LSU gymnast girl. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't even know who she was. I just saw oh, I know she LSU gymnast, and I was like, I saw that she was hanging out with Chase Elliott, and I was like, good, like it's the natty, like shout out to the LSU Tigers, by the way, for fucking getting it done in Omaha. I've been uh, I've been watching a lot of college baseball, dude. LSU baseball is fucking like I love that more than LSU football or just SEC football in general. So it was really cool to see them get that done. Parish not a our hearts, not a sport, but. Yeah, good for them. Debatable. Good for them. Debatable. Um, I think, so, but the Livy was there doing well, some What did stuff. she do outside of gymnastics? She's just a big influencer on right. TikTok. Like she does all the, she does all the, uh, you know, all the video, all the trends. And she got big from the LSU thing. And then she just has a big following because she is, uh, she's pretty attractive, I would say. Yeah. Uh, to keep it respectful, yeah. Because there's some people. Like women. <laughs> there's a lot of people that don't. Um, but oh, yeah, we'll, ju- we'll just leave it there. People were calling Chase Elliott the Riz King, you know, because uh, there's like this. It's yeah. Explain. What I feel like I'm a. I feel like I'm young enough that I can still be a part of this in some way, shape, or form. At least like talking about it. Mm-hmm. Olivia uh, like rizzed up, baby Gronk. You know, a few weeks ago or whatever. Like what Riz mean? You're talking to a 31 year old. The Riz, right? The Riz is like a game. Okay. It's kind of what they're calling game, right? Like like swag, but really just game with women. Like, or vice versa. Like Livy Rizzed up, Baby Gronk, whatever the fuck that was. Baby Gronk thinks hilarious. I know you did a you did a thing on that because he like messaged you wink wink. But yeah, yeah. Uh Gronk's dad, oh, yeah. Baby Gronk's real, dad. by the way. That was a very real message, dude. He knows. He knows who we are. Okay. I bet. I bet it was tons, dude. <laughs> and then, um, Chase and Livy took that picture, and everybody's like, "Riz got Chase Elliott, like rizzed wow. up Livy," you know, like. And then I don't know what one letter happened, away right? from jizz, dude. Like, I mean, let's be honest. It's one letter away from jizz, dude. Yeah, I don't know. See, I don't know like the and I look, I got a computer right here. I'll look it up. We'll look up where Riz came from, like what, you know, what the how the slang came to be. Um Riz origin. I want to see if like 
because that that's what the deal was right it was like the fact that they were like constantly with each other like they were with each other on the grid they were with each oh, other oh it came from charisma ah oh, that's cool okay that makes it a little bit cooler charisma the riz yeah i like that yeah good that's interesting so yeah shout out, here's what i'm confused about um he tweeted that picture did really well i retweeted it because look i retweeted because we need people like that at the racetrack because she people like her appeal to the younger crowd like probably 90 percent of her followers are you two or three four years younger than me and that might be a little high but vast majority of her followers are going to be younger she's very popular with a lot of uh just a lot of the younger crowd is the best way to put it younger demographic so mm -hmm. i retweeted it brad keselowski quote or like replied to it and said like and I just would not expect this from Brad K. Brad K replied to it. It was like, I'm cheering for you with some kind of gif, like yeah, some kind I of funny gif. And then and then Chase deleted the tweet. And I'm I'm, I'm like, what happened? Why? Because Brad K got horny, dude. <laughs> no. Oh God. I, I think that was like an know. old man. That was kind of like an old man like horn dog. You know, he's he's like, he's like, it's like when your uncle, like when you bring your girlfriend home from like from school. And you're going to like your first family function, and your uncle's like elbowing you, like, huh? huh, huh? I don't want to think of Brad K that way. No, he's not that old. I don't I think he's called old. Called him enough. the Elon Musk of NASCAR. Yeah, no, I mean that's that's kind of fair, but meme lord. I just want to. I don't. I don't know why that happened, but anyway, um, Livy. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to sit here and talk about TikTok influencers too long, but. Carl Edwards. Got to talk about Carl Edwards. All right. This is big in my world, especially because, you know, I'm, I am love cousin Carl. He's a big impact in my life. But yes, more and more and more seemingly showing interest and in doing something behind the wheel of a race car. Denny Hamlin, apparently, I haven't listened to Denny's podcast in probably a couple months, but he revealed that he asked him to do some sim work and asked if he wanted to do uh, any one-offs like one-off races and Carl said publicly like yeah I might be interested in that but then he backtracked and he's like well yeah I don't you know it takes a lot like the the hard hits are one thing that that kind of made him want to step away like part of it and it's like I don't he, he doesn't know if he wants to commit to that you know get back into it but the point here is it seems like every a year ago at this time two years ago at this time Carl Edwards was nowhere to be found. Nowhere. Motherfucker did not even exist on this planet. And now, you know, we go to Darlington or whatever that was a month ago. He's at the track. Okay, now we're in Nashville. He's at the track. Two times. Now we're getting and now we're getting more and more out of him that's like interest, right? That's that is what I care about is the interest level. There's the interest level sparking in him. Where even though he's kind of all over the place. We're in a better spot on a Carl Edwards return than we have been since 2016. And that's objectively true. I think, I think we could see a world where he went back to Joe Gibbs. I think, I think that that world could exist. I'm reading this right now. Well, what if uh, that's Jimmy the thing Hamlin says he's itching a little bit. I think he does miss it. I'd be interested in that for sure on Carl Edwards racing. And that was on his podcast, I guess. But apparently Hamlin has said that he knows for a fact he's been sim racing. Yes. Yes. He's been doing oh. some sim work. So 
I, and you got to wonder because of Joe, where Joe Gibbs racing is at, you know, with Denny and Truex, both having talked about hanging it up soon, like, and definitely Truex with JGR right now. Right. Like, you know, they sold a, a, a stake in the company to yes. a mega brand. Okay. Yeah. Who, who's linked with, uh, the command. Have you checked out dailydownforce.com yet? If you haven't, I want you to go right now to dailydownforce.com and get yourself some official Garage Guys merch. If you consider yourself a true loyal Garage Fam member, then you're going to need to show it off to the world. You can buy yourself a Garage Guys rope hat, a Garage Guys trucker hat, an official Garage Guys t-shirt. And if you remember NASCAT from Auto Club, you can show how much you care by supporting NASCAR's Harambe, NASCAT. You can find betting articles each week from Dale Tanhart and NASCAR Titan Greg Mathern. It's got everything you need. DailyDownForce.com. Now back to the podcast. Anders, I think. Is that right? Anders and the New Jersey uh, Devils, the hockey team. like they, The super owner era. I, I did a lot of research. I did a whole actual journalism on it on the report uh kind of really dove into that story just because i found it interesting because anytime moves like that happen you sense a change of the guild it definitely seems more of like it was a scratch my back scratch your situation though because it seems like the guy josh uh with uh blitz it's it's harris blitz or blitzman something like that crazy name but he definitely sounded like he was very adamant about making sure Joe Gibbs was a limited partner in their business so that he could do a lot more stuff with Washington. So they're really wanting to get him there to the football field more, do more. But it's like th these kind of deals, and this is old news, but it doesn't surprise me because Joe Gibbs, is a, he's getting on up there, right? Like we're seeing the changing of the guard when it comes to our owners that are in their 80s, you know, toward, getting towards the end of their lives. Like Richard Petty, great example, you know, basically sold out everything to Jimmy Johnson and and company. So that it doesn't surprise me. But I did read that the Gibbs family is still going to have a big, a, a huge role in all this. Oh, yeah, they're not they're, going anywhere. They're but. majority owners still. But the thing with this is that where I think it's good is that we, we've seen the same sponsors. Like Joe Gibbs is a very like traditional team. Like they've had their, they've been very loyal to their sponsors. Their sponsors have been loyal to them. They've kind of been able to really maintain that face for years with these, these iconic cars and paint schemes. So I do like the fact that this company is coming in because they are going to bring that change. They're really going to be helping them a lot with their uh, activations sponsorships and anytime you get people like this coming in the networking is through the roof so it could be a good time and i mean like if martin is getting ready to walk dude i could see carl maybe doing like a year in a car like that would be like a proper retirement you know what i mean like imagine like the the hype around that and this is this is one of those things where i could see like this new company that's in there with jgr right now you know, you go into the off season and then they decide to drop something like that. Like hypothetically speaking, let's say like it's December, it's close to Christmas. And then all of a sudden we get a video of like Carl's and I'm coming back for one season driving this car. We're, we're going to do, we're going to do this the right way. There's no way it happened that way. There's no, no, he would not say that. No, he would, he would probably talk about Idaho or wherever the fuck he lives in the corn fields.
I think, I think that um, that could happen. Like, say he comes back and he wins the championship, then that'd be pretty sick if he hung it up, right? Yeah. Like, but I, I, I don't know. I, well, I don't want to get. I, I like. I'm, I'm sitting here getting my hopes up about it because it still is. You know, he still says I don't plan on doing any driving. It's getting, you know, it's getting better and better. But we still got to remember he's, you know, he's up there in Can age. He even you know, backflip anymore. That is a great question, man. I let's see, how old is Carl? I think he's forty three, but let me check. He should be able to backflip, dude. He did. He's so still a good shape. Backflips, bro. He's still in good shape. He's forty three. Yeah, forty three. He can at least cartwheel. Like we should at least get like cartwheel Carl, dude. Like you know what I mean? Like I feel like if he wins a race, like he might not be able to do the backflip. He could definitely do a cartwheel. Yeah, I think. Um... Ah, oh, just get my fucking hopes up, man. I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm right there. Would, would, I'm just visualizing him doing a cartwheel and like over the fucking over the finish line, right now. I think he still is in good shape. I bet he could do it. I bet he could still do it. But fucking great. He looks like he eats like the entire glass of a smoothie. Like he eats the glass with it too. Like he's he's sharp, dude. He's he's got some definition to him. He's got a strong jaw. You know, he's still Carl, dude. Like, and I, I think that's the thing it, it, that you have to look at, and that's what makes it so appealing. And obviously, everything that happened, you know, the the way that that did, I went back and watched that race, man, and just like it definitely, like it. I don't even really have a deep connection with Carl, other than the fact that he liked video games and he was like the backflip king. That was the things like when I was growing up, like loosely watching, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that dude's cool. Like, he had commercials and shit. You know, the Mark Martin commercial is like one of my all time favorites where like Mark hired a fucking guy to do backflips so that he like came up behind a barrel and was like, hey, <laughs> like, took yeah, all the yeah. attention away from Carl. But yeah, like I, I would love to see it. Like anytime you see a guy like that, that just like kind of ghost and vanished and went out of nowhere. And like, na- like I think the best thing that, us as NASCAR fans and and any Carl Edwards fans out there can be grateful for is the fact that he showed up to another race after this one giant event that he really couldn't miss. I mean, he was put into a uh, exactly. A- no, that's that's exactly what I'm saying too. Like, yeah, he was but enshrined. Things. He was enshrined, which is like, yeah, you're crazy if you miss that. Like. If you're young, right? He's still young. If you're 70, 80, 90 years old, it's like, okay, like you can understand someone like that not showing up. But when you're Carl and you're in your early 40s, like what's your excuse? Like you really hate NASCAR that much? And that's what people would say. So to be there for that is one thing. But then to come back to Nashville, which is a place that he has a good history at, racing in the Xfinity series and the number 60 car especially, um, it, it means more, right? It means more, and the plot is thickening, and he's leaving a lot to the imagination. And honestly, you know, I, I usually have bad gut feelings about this, and they're correct. Um, but I have a good gut feeling that he's coming back. I think that we will see him in a NASCAR race car within the next two years. I do. I don't want to say full time, but I think we will 100% see him back in a race car. Uh, by 2025 there's no doubt in my mind okay in my in my heart i i really really feel that way no i mean i don't disagree at all i think we definitely could see him do some xfinity stuff for sure like i feel like that's very realistic i also feel 
like something in the broadcast booth could be realistic. He's it, always been a good commentator. He was good at Darlington, man. Like, I mean, if we you go back. He used to do a he used to do commentary uh, back in the day. Like he when he was still racing. So he's always Carl's and you talked about like the commercials like Carl's always been really good on TV. Yeah. I mean, he was on the cover of a fucking magazine shirtless. Like how many NASCAR drivers have done that? You know, maybe Jimmy. Yeah, maybe Jimmy. Probably they're like the big athlete guys like you know. with that shirt off. But um, what do you think about? I guess the last thing we should cover about this race, you know, Ross Chastain was I, I, I find it interesting and this is off topic from what i was about to say but i did want to point out like the finishers from dover the top guys from dover were like equally the the top guys from nashville almost i mean really really close with ross truex and denny uh who finished first second and third they finished first second and fifth at dover christopher bell finished sixth at dover he finished seventh william byron finished fourth at dover he finished sixth Kyle Larson, who probably had a top five car at Dover, finished fifth at Nashville. I think that's just interesting to think about when we come back here next year. Concrete has correlated. Two totally different racetracks, both concrete surface. It has fucking correlated. But no. what I was going to say, Blaney's wreck hitting the hitting the wall where he had some choice comments. Yeah. Did you see all that? Yeah, so I did. So apparently he hit a part of the track and there was no safer barrier and it wrecked the fuck out of his car. Uh, it was tough, man. I think for me, like, I uh, I haven't got to read a bunch of articles on it to really get the scoop to, to understand if there should have been safer barrier there or not. But the one thing that I did notice more than anything, and it definitely plays to uh, to the, the video that I put out today, is that... You know, you can have a really hard hit like that and you come out of that care center and there was still just a shit ton of people that didn't give a fuck that he could have died. They're like, this is a piece of paper you sign here now. Like they was just bombarded with autographs like and he saw shook up, doesn't really know what the fuck's happening. Thought that was pretty funny. It was just funny to see him like look at him. He was like looking in the corner of his eye, like peripheral vision, just like, gosh, damn. fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah, you know that's what they're thinking. They're like, God, fuck you. Dude, dude, Ricky Stenhouse face said it all in that fucking picture, dude. But yeah, with with that wreck, like that shouldn't have happened. Like they they obviously now, I think that next season, they're definitely going to make sure that they have safer barrier all around the track. Because I mean, you just never know where something can go. So that had to be unless you you might know a little bit more on this subject than I do, or you maybe you've dove in a little bit deeper, but. Am I right there? Like, was there just never intended to be safer barrier at that location? Did they think that location wasn't important to put safer barrier around? So I don't know what the super speedway thinks, um, but Elton Sawyer went on radio today or yesterday and said, um, yeah, like I, I'm, I'm there with Blaney. Something should have been there. But what he said is that the safer barrier is not designed for an extension wall like that. So what Elton Sawyer said is they should have had like barrels, you know, like how Dover and some of these Bristol, yeah. Yeah. pit stalls have like the barrels before the pit wall or whatever. Like he said, something should have been there like barrels or something to reinforce it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the thing. Like, this is what this has happened in the past after we've had safer barriers, like Kyle Busch, when he wrecked at Daytona and broke his leg, he wrecked at a, a spot that they probably looked at and were like, eh, it'll be okay. Like, this isn't a spot where somebody's going to wreck hard at. 
And then Kyle Bush did, and he broke his legs. You know, yeah. they probably looked at this too, and were like, "Oh, that's." And it was a weird spot to wreck, right? Like they wrecked on a restart. Blandy couldn't get it corrected and just slid into it. Um, they probably looked at that spot too and just was like, "Yeah, it'll probably be okay." Not a common spot to wreck at. So I think we got to kind of stop looking at some of these walls that are in like obscure positions on the racetrack and saying. Uh, it's very unlikely they'll wreck there, right? Very unlikely. And just be like, no, let's just fucking make sure there's something everywhere. Because we've seen accidents happen in areas where there wasn't safer barriers after the safer barriers were implemented in NASCAR and people literally get hurt because there wasn't a safer barrier there. There's so many incidents similar to where Blaney is, where we, I would call it neglect. Definitely would call it neglect, but... You know, Elton Sawyer said it's not designed for a little wall like that. That's out of my expertise. I don't know. Um, but he's right in the Apparently. sense, like, if you if you can't put the safer barrier there, then yes, you should have, like, barrels or something to reduce the severity of the impact. So I, if I'm Blaney, I'm fucking pissed, too, because these cars, too, like, it's still a car problem as well. We've made some good changes. Steve Letard and NBC beautifully outlined those changes with those graphics that you kind of mentioned. Um, they still kind of a car problem. The car bent more than what we've seen with a lot of wrecks, which is good, but they're still so rigid that I think there is too much impact going to the driver, too much kinetic energy going to the, to the driver's heads and bodies. So yeah, there, there's still several things to fix there, but yeah, of course I, I, one of the guys that tweeted that immediately, it was like, damn it. Like, cause I've seen this, so many times mm-hmm. guy I, I see wrecks like that when we got out of a safer barrier everywhere and even like indianapolis i was sitting in the stands saying the same thing like i sit in turn three at indy and i'm looking around i'm like man there's just some of these walls like i know they don't wreck there often but why do we not have safer barrier there yeah. like i know it's unlikely i know there could be some spots on the track that anybody can put any algorithm together any research and say there's a one percent chance somebody would wreck hard at this one spot they gotta be at the point where it's like who gives a fuck just put it there because you never know what's gonna happen exactly that's how we gotta feel i think in all you know at all racetracks and nascar needs to feel that way no and and look maybe and maybe i'm not 100 right on that maybe you know this is some of this is too far out of my knowledge but that seems like it makes sense to me is is better safe than sorry too far out of your knowledge? No. Exactly. So you're good. We're good. Yeah, they need so obviously if you can't get safer barrier, barrels, sandbags, something. That there you go. So next year I'm sure we'll see that uh kind of take place. Because the I mean the track's great. They 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 have a great staff. They do a lot. We've been there the last two years. Um and and I know this year you weren't at the track but I don't blame you. I would have wanted to see that broadcast too. So I had a great time watching it. Hell yeah. And it was, uh, you know, yeah, it's unfortunate. Those things happen though. And, uh, another incident that did happen before we go to the grant part Two Twenty, talk about some odds. Um, the, did you see when Tyler Reddick lost his wheel and the lug nut was still on the car? Yeah. Well, something did come off though. Like the, like a something flew off of there. I'm trying to remember what it was. I was watching the slow mo. I do with the brake rotor, maybe like something. No, something on the wheel flew off. Like the uh, 
I can't remember what it was, and I, I've drawn a blank on And I think Steve Latart said it when it happened. Something definitely flew off of there, but um, it's just a product of... I mean, honestly, if that doesn't happen, we probably don't even have a single wreck in this whole race because I think the next wreck happened after... The Blaney wreck happened during the restart of that happened after the Reddick uh, loose wheel. So Yeah, Brad K just didn't have it, and he started dropping like a fly. And I think these loose wheels, like I, I get they're not happening as often, but they, they we they've gotta fix this, man. They've got to fix this. It's gotta stop fucking happening. They've done period. Yeah, they've done really well though, considering I will say that for going from what we had last year to like now, there have been significant improvements. There's just a couple little things here and but there. But the problem is, and I, I'm ready to get into bets right after we close this off. The problem is you design that. For the pure purpose of wheel safety. And you're still having the problem 42 weeks later or 50 weeks later. What we're ra eight, race 18 of the year after 36 last year. Like we're race like number 50 in this Gen 7 race car. And you're still having the issue happen. When the resolution, like the tire was created to prevent this exact thing from happening. Like... And I get it was also like, hey, it's a modern look. The pit stops are quicker. But they also said, like, the intent was for more wheel safety. That way they're not putting three out of five lugs on and having loose wheels. Yet, we're still having it. The shit should be fucking wiped out. Period. Yeah, the thing that you said about how it looks good, you cut off your nose to spite your face. So there you go. Um, one of those things. If they had the Michelin yeah. in Maybe maybe they would have better safety. Maybe he'd take care of him. He's literally a giant pillow. Maybe he can work out something with the uh, the Achilles heel of Goodyear. So, with that being said, the Grant Park 220 uh, street course racing is back in NASCAR. Uh, has it ever been before? Do we ever have a street course race in NASCAR other than... Like, no, I don't think so. Cup Series first time doing something like this? Which is incredible. I, yeah, I think this is the uh I think it's the first one. There it is. So I love this. And I just want to preface by saying the only thing I love about Formula One is the fact that they literally race on streets. Like there are those street course races where you're in these old villages and towns. The aesthetic of it is just amazing to watch. I'm a big AirPods in my ear watching racing guy. It's all about the the feel and the energy and the look of, of all of that kind of blended together. So that is one reason I'm just insanely excited for better or worse in this race, whatever happens. There's going to be a lot of events planned this weekend. They're doing a big concert. Um, and you may know some of the talent that's going to be there. I do not as of right now. I think I, I think I heard, did I hear right? Is the chain smokers going to be there? Yeah, I think they're the, uh, they're the, well, there's a lot of headliners. It's uh, Miranda Lambert, Black Crows, who I've seen before. They're really good. Hey, Mr. Jones. Um, Wait, no, that's not Mr. Counting Jones. Crows. Shit. That's Counting Crows. Yeah, yeah. Black Crows like rock, kind of. Uh, and then Charlie Crockett. Don't know who that is. I don't either. But it's a, it's a good, you know, it's a good little lineup. I like it. Yeah. I'm 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 with it. Look, I'm just here for the vibe. I've never been to Chicago. This will be my first time going. I've heard a lot about it. 
uh, SNL, Bill Swartzky, super fans is my favorite skit of all time. May or may not be the reason that I grew a mustache. Who knows? Uh, so big Bill Swarsky energy for me this weekend is going to be coming out. But the race itself, a lot of people are talking. A lot of people, you know, really are are, are feeling heavy, you know, in the A.J. Allmendinger area. I know you and I talked to A.J. at Worldwide Technology. He came out, called his shot, said he's winning this race. Right now, A.J. is 13-1 to 1 on Barstool, and you can get him at 10-1 to 1 on Caesars. And I think just because of the energy that is AJ, the balls that is AJ, he's got he's to find a way to win again. And his road course racing is his best shot by far. I don't know if I really can say that I wholeheartedly believe he'll win this race, though, and that keeps me from wanting to bet on him. Um, I'm gonna, he's going to be my only pre-practice, pre-qualifying bet. Because you go look at AJ Allmendinger's career, the Champ Car Series um, in the early 2000s was basically this fucked up offspring of the IndyCar, uh, the IndyCar split that happened. Mm-hmm. And Champ Car was cool; it was it was dominated by Sebastian Bourdais. But I'm about to sneeze. Hold on. Achoo. God bless you. I'm about to sneeze. Damn it! It went away. Out to. That is the worst. Maybe it'll come back. Anyway, AJ has so much street circuit experience from Champ, the Champ Car Series in particular. That went to a lot of really cool random destinations back then. Like Denver used to have a street course that they raced at. Uh, San Jose. They went to the streets of San Jose a couple of years. That series folded at some point. But the experience stays with AJ. And I know it's a completely different race car. Um, but I think that matters. Like his road course expertise from racing cars like that carried over to make him good at this in stock car racing. And he's become probably the most dominant road course racer. If you if we include what he's done in the Xfinity series, one of the most dominant road course racers in the history of NASCAR. So I think 13 to 1 is, is shocking. I I thought he would be like a favorite or a co-favorite. Because he already has an immediate edge. When you have a track, a style of track that we've never been to. And I think, you know, you've got this other guy from Supercars. Shane Van gives, and I, fuck, I'm going to butcher his last name. I hadn't listened to any audio and how they pronounce it. But he's a Supercars star. He's in the race for, uh, for 2311 or Trackhouse. He's sitting at 40 to 1. That's crazy. I think that's a little low, but you really don't have any of these other guys that have an immense amount of street course experience. And AJ's got that. So he immediately has a huge edge on the field. I'm kind of in a spot in my mind, like, yeah, I do think this is going to be a shit show. But if AJ qualifies up front, remember, we don't have cautions uh, in the stage breaks, right? If AJ qualifies up front, and his pit crew doesn't kill him, and he doesn't make a mistake on pit road, he might just dominate this entire race. So yeah. I, I think AJ, like if it was eight to one, seven to one, I don't think I'd bet it. But 13 to one to me is is the most tempting bet of anything on the board. Uh, maybe, maybe like, you know, half a unit or under, you know, just to just to to give the energy right. I would say that. But what you said about pit crew that is really the main reason 
that I want to refrain from it because like I just I've seen enough this year to where I know who's got the good crews that is a factor and I feel like a lot of bettors will leave that out especially casual NASCAR fans that have just got into betting like they're not really factoring in every little thing that they can for me pit crew has been gigantic especially with no stage breaks at this type of a race that's what I worry about you know if we got like a, a notification that like they were subbing in like you know, like fucking Hendrix, like the Byron's team or, you know, Chase's team or a track house team, like, like those kind of guys with the same caliber of talent in the pits, I would feel way more confident because really it just it, like all it's going to boil down to like a couple of bad stops. And it's just really going to boil down. Like I know he'll be able to pass like his driving ability. He'll have that in the bag. It's just how far back will he get? And will he have enough time to get there? And how rough is he going to have to be? Uh, so it's not anything against AJ. It's more of a knock really on just kind of the, the pit development that they have going on right now at college. And they're working on that. We, we've had conversations with them talking. I mean, everybody wants to get better, but you know, they got to work with what they have right now. Well, uh, I, I want to look now that we're talking about this, I want to actually look and see if his pit crew's really been that bad. Um, that's good. While you're doing that, I just want to let everybody know that I'm looking at a, a image of the actual street course and it looks like a blockhead dog. So just for anybody that was wondering what it might be, it looks like a dog with a with a blockhead. Yep. That's what the track looks like? Is that yes, what it does. It, it looks like these, he's got square feet and this big-ass blockhead with no ears, kind of like a turtle dog. Basically, this track is a turtle dog. Where is – thought Fantasy Racing Cheat Sheet had it. No, right and now. that's something, and that's something I'm going to announce right here on this podcast. If there are people out there that that keep statistics for pit crews, holla at me and let me know because I want to put together a hub for that. I want to put together data for that. I want to be able to to start integrating pit crews into the the fantasy NASCAR game in that world. That's something I've wanted to do for a very long time. Well, I think they're already doing it. Um, fantasy Racing Cheat Sheet has all this um let's see gotta beat him yeah he's had it for a while so what do you almondinger is towards the bottom on total overall pit stops and we've known this we've known this since last year i guess i mean well i i i had a conversation i don't know but basically just from what we've seen with performance and what we what we've heard and what we know it's nothing against it it's just you got to work with what you got and that's that's what all this lies down. Smaller teams, they they have to work a lot harder and put a lot more time and energy and effort in. They have great drivers, they have good pit crews, but mistakes can be made. We see the mistakes made with with some of the big guys here and there. No, nobody's ever completely safe from something fucking up, and we've seen that time and time again in this sport. But that that those are the re- that's my main reason why I'm a little hesitant. Like, but thirteen to one though is. Yeah, like, it's great odds, great value. You, he fantastic value. I think there's no one that has a better chance to qualify up front than AJ Allmendinger. Sure. And if that happens, he's going to be a six to one, seven to one favorite. So at that point, you're going to be like, "Well, shit!" Like, I missed the boat, and that could be a a costly boat to miss just because you're worried about his pit crew. And yeah, look, pit crew could fuck it up. Now, what I will say way. though, if he's dominant and we don't get a lot of yellows. He gaps the field by five, six, seven, eight seconds. Mm-hmm. He doesn't put it in the hands of his pit crew to, to 
kill it as bad. You know, if it's close, it's one thing. And that's where the unpredictability is, right? We don't know how many. I would think we're going to have a lot of yellows, but I don't know. It may be a boring-ass race where there's no passing because the course looks like it could be that way, where it's going to be difficult to make moves, and you may get not that much on edge type of shit happen like where people spin out and um, that's where i'm at i i think it's going to be uh, that's why i said formula stock car i think this yeah. is going to be an f1 race and as you want and i think a second guy i'm looking at and, I, and i'll give a shout out to eric who watches dale center and uh, i think he listens to the pod he tweeted us about william byron 16 to 1 or 17 to 1 we're going to talk about the flip side of the pit crew stuff that i mean if we get if we do get a lot of yellows and have these pit stops under caution, you know William Byron's pit crew is going to get the job done. They have been so unbelievably good all year long. That is has what I've seen has been the most the biggest difference making pit crew in any of the the big the big contenders in the NASCAR Cup Series in 2023. They have been unbelievable. So William Byron at 16 to one. I, I just don't think it's worth it to take anybody under 10 or 11 to one right now there's too yeah. much uncertainties and i don't think you should bet much like you said a half unit i don't know if i would even a half unit or less to a unit is what i'd probably bet total before we get to practice and qualifying yeah so you're you mentioned william byron i think you know we, we've seen everything that is one of my championship four guys i listed out my prediction for championship four on the report uh because of a caller so i I've, i had that fresh on my mind and you know i i'm looking at points bet right now it's it's so funny because the favorite is reddick on barstool elliot on caesars and on points bet it's martin truex jr talk about your recency bias betters on points bet um but you know one guy that i wanted to take a look at down here and this is more of just a hunch that i have it's a new event you know new things bring new blessings uh there is a team that has been impressive and that has really good pit crew members that has really good equipment the toyotas seem like they're doing a lot better i honestly am not opposed to wanting to throw maybe 0.1 or 0.2 units on Ty Gibbs at 50 to one on Barstool this weekend. I don't know why, but like the image of him being in victory lane at this race just kind of burned in my brain. And it, it seems like it could be the edge of your seat nail biter show that we would never have expected to happen. And I don't want to be on the damn it should have done that side for something you can throw like fucking five, 10 bucks on like to, to get a really good payday. I think, I, I think I might do that, dude. I don't know. I feel like he, I feel like something's got to get, like, I really do feel like Ty Gibbs will get a win this year. I think a win can come for him. It just, it, it's going to have to be one of the races where things are, uh, are wonky and he's just in the right place, right time. And this could be that race. I don't know. I mean, I, I really, I, I'm leaning towards the road course guys. Mm -hmm. um like i'm leaning a little mcdowell i think top 10 someone like I, th I think someone like mcdowell this could be in his wheelhouse to shake things up like a big opportunity with it being such a wild card 
to go out here and win, right? Like a McDowell, a Chris Busher, who's been good on road courses. Uh, I think Busher's too overpriced, though. Like 16, 18, 20 to 1 is crazy. Wait, where is um, Hold up. I wasn't even looking. Busher. I'm, I'm looking at Barstool right now. 16 to 1 on Barstool. And there's no odds on FanDuel yet. Points bet you can get Busher. I think Caesars had 20 to 1, maybe, but. All right, if you're going to get Chris Busher, where do they have him at listed here? I don't even see him on points bet. Oh, yeah, he's 16 to 1 on points bet too. Okay. So yeah, I mean, this it's it, this is just like one of those things like I feel like the new events, right? Like a lot of people might want to look at Joey Logano because of what he accomplished last year. You know, Mr. Next Gen Joe any brand new event. That was my whole narrative last year of like why I bet on Joey at the clash, why I bet on Joey at gateway, you know, it's because these first time events. Don't forget. Yeah. I think you can't forget that. And if strategy comes into play, if we think it's going to be a yellow fest and there's going to be a few guys and teams that gamble, like pitting long, trying to catch a yellow, Joey's going to be one of those guys. Dude, he's 30 to one on barstool. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, he's 30 to 1 on Barstool. That is worth it. That is value worth right there, in my opinion. Like, I see where you're going with AJ. I just think AJ's got so much hype built around him now that the books are going to be putting him there. And I would just pray that maybe, like, you know, he either had to A, go to a backup, or B, just didn't have a good qualifying run so that I, because I don't think the odds would move much at all, even if he qualified outside the top 10. I still think he would stay within the, Oh no, I I don't know. I think if he did, I think they're gonna, I think th- they're gonna look at this like a big time track position race, like what you, what you said, Formula One stock or NASCAR, or whatever. I think whoever qualifies in the top five, that's where the odds are gonna be, right? And they'll look at Almondinger, you know, they'll look at him and say maybe we don't go too far on him. But I honestly. I don't think you're going to get better than 13 to one. There's no way you're going to get better than 13 to one. In my opinion, unless he literally crashes or messes up his qualifying lap. And I, like I said, I just don't think there's anybody that has a better edge for this race than AJ. And, uh, here's, uh, some breaking news. Unfortunately on Barstool, AJ Allmendinger has now moved to 10 to one. Yeah. I may have, I may have moved that. Oh, what you just did? You did you just bet on that, or did you just tell people? <laughs> no, no, yeah, uh, it moved. No, I got it. Just ran them out. There you go. Yep, that's how it goes. But yeah, there's going to be a lot to unpack, and, and we're gonna, like I said, we'll be in Chicago this Friday. If you are a listener, we do have a ton of Chicago Garage fam. Don't think that we don't check the stats on this podcast. You motherfuckers are turning out in droves. Thank you so much for supporting the show. We have a very decently sized fan base in Chicago. So I hope to see some of you uh, Chicagans out at this race or at the event, at least, at least come to the music festival. If you've got friends that don't give a shit about racing, tell them there's music and then just, you know, force them to go to the race because they're already there. You know, guilt tripping is the best way. We'll help. We'll help with the fight. You know, it's like I can't believe that line just moved. Yeah, it just, I was betting on Barcelona and Tennessee all weekend, and and it was just not moving lines. Like, that's crazy. And also, I did not bet this. I did not get a bet in on this one. William Byron has moved from sixteen to one to fourteen to one. 
I just saw that as well. Yeah. Is someone listening to us right now? Like, I it's not even. Uh, it's it's weird. possible, dude. I mean, we have. I have this pulled up on my laptop right now. If they are sharing, like they they have cookies. You know, a lot of people don't realize the reason F one has become so powerful is because when you go to their website, you have to basically consent for them to like listen and watch you all the time. I swear to God, if you go read the fine print on their site, it's fucking scary what you give them access to. So they know what you want. So these these uh these betting sites may, maybe they're maybe they're fucking with us, dude. Maybe they're listening a little bit. They have to. Have. I'm looking right now. AJ Allmendinger just moved to ten to one on points bet as well. So somebody is 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 laying some money down right now. Like that's happening for sure. Yeah, I just these odds have been out. I'm surprised right. it didn't already happen. I need to go bet on Joey Logano. <laughs> I need to go bet on Joey now. They things well, are. Yeah, I think um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You can still get Byron at sixteen to one. I bet. I mean, by the time this podcast drops, there's no fucking telling. I mean, you, I see Byron sixteen to one. This has ever happened to us where we're just literally like, like I feel like we're live right now, but then I'm remembering like, oh yeah, you no, yeah, we're just recording this, and this is all happening right now as we're just talking, and it's only us. <laughs> right, well, the AJ bet, the AJ bet could have been affected a little bit by me, but. The Byron bet and then points bet. Put it on action. Is that what weird. happened? No, no, I hadn't put it. I had not put it on action yet. How? Whenever? Did, did you whenever? Talk about it? Like how? Did, how did you affect it? No. Well, because I got money on it, but I didn't put it on action yet. What'd you fucking do? Like just throw like ten grand? I just put it on action. Like I typed it up, Holy and then you were God. like, and then you were like, it moved, but it wasn't posted yet. Whenever you said that, we're being watched, dude. We're being watched. And but like I said, the bet was placed. Watch out for us. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about the Byron one's kind of weird, but you can still get Byron 16 to 1 on a couple of these books. I'm going to be paranoid right now, dude. If and I then AJ is still 11 to 1 on DraftKings. I'm looking at it right now. Ooh, okay. Well, but that's all I'm thinking. I'm divorced from I'm there. I don't, I don't talk to her. Um, but for everybody else, there. They, they need to. I, we, we had a lot of people do good in DFS this weekend. I'm still literally cooking up DFS advice. I don't even play on DraftKings, and I'm fucking slinging them winners to everybody. Shout out to everybody that finished in the green at Nashville. Yeah, I can't wait to dig a little bit deeper. I'm about to go ahead and log my first bet on action. I think I'm going to take Joey. Um, you know, the, the Ty Gibbs thing, I know I said it. It's just kind of like a – It'd be, it, it, I wouldn't be surprised now that I've already seen it in my brain. But Joey Logano seems very realistic, and uh, he is somebody that could really use a, a nice little boost, and a win could give him that uh, if he wants to keep contending. Um, but, yeah, we'll dive more into this uh, later in the week. Make sure you don't miss Dale Center this week, as hosted by our own Dale Tanhart that's here. Um, uh, we might be doing a little something special for Dale Center this week. Are we going to keep them posted? You got any announcements on that? Yeah. Well, it looks like we'll be at Hooters on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Um, think that is going to be. Think that's going to be the night Friday night and Hooters in is it O'Hara or, or uh, is that what it's like? The, what's the airport? O'Hara. That the, that's the airport, right? Think right. That it's our Hooters next to it or in that area. I yes. think that's where we're going to be uh, doing Dale Center Friday night. So if you're out there in Chicago, come by and see us. Have a beer. Have some wings. Wings in the wings sky. The wings on the plate. There, there you go. go. I love that. 
But yeah, yeah it's going to be fun. I, I, I had to reiterate what you said earlier about our audience. Chicagoans out there, we appreciate you. We appreciate you for listening. The podcast has done uh I, I can't believe how much it's grown in 2023 honestly it's 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 really cool so i appreciate you guys as well and hope you enjoy uh this weekend it's going to be a fun one and it, it might be uh might be quite the shit show so can't wait yep it'll be great first time in chicago for the garage guys be ready be on the lookout for us on them streets we'll catch you heathens next time